Hey, it's Kiara. Before we get started today with this podcast episode, I wanted to give you some permission. Permission to skip this and not listen today if you are in the thick of grieving and you don't have space or capacity in your heart to start processing that grief yet. That's okay. My heart is with you and I send you all the love in the whole world. I hope you feel it. This episode will be here for you when you're ready and when you want to get started. That said, I also don't hold back my language in this episode, so there may be an occasional loving F-bomb dropped in a time or two in here throughout. So if you're listening with Littles in the car, maybe pause here and wait to come back to it when you have a chance to throw on some headphones. And then let's just get started, guys. Welcome to the Frame of Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Frame of Life Podcast. Oh. Let's try it. Frame of Life Podcast. If you've been following me over here on the podcast or on social media for any bit of time, you probably already know that I've experienced several significant losses of close family members, friends, and lifelong pets in the past. I've been there to support friends as they've experienced infertility, loss of parents, children, friends, and partners in their darkest of days while they were prepping for and processing their losses. To that end, I feel like I've earned some grief stripes here. I want this podcast to create a space in the world to share our stories that will help us connect to each other, our world, and process our legacies. I also don't want to shy away from the hard topics just because that's what's conventionally been done. This is our safe space to chat and grow together. In the show notes of this episode, I'll share some several links to resources and books that I found helpful. Take them or leave them. And if you ever feel like you ever need more support through your grieving process, I want you to know that you're not alone. You can reach out to your medical provider or search for therapists in your area to help support you further. With that said, I want to introduce you to today's guest, Sarah Marcioni. We met on Rover, more on that later, but in general, here's Sarah's backstory. Sarah met Jeff when she was 22. They got engaged when she was 23, they were married just after her 24th birthday, and he passed away a month after her 25th birthday. He was 26 years old. They lived a lifetime within those three quick years, and the impact he left on her was indelible. Standing by Jeff's side on their wedding day was his best man, his best friend since college, Bobby. Bobby's wedding date at the time was his wife, Lauren, whom he had met while he was training in the Marine Corps on base in North Carolina. Their marriage weathered the intense storms of war as he traveled around the world serving in the Special Forces Unit. Blessed with a son, they were carving out plans for their future. But four months after the birth of their daughter... Lauren passed away. Bobby and Sarah had remained friends since their introduction through Jeff and had kept in touch throughout all of these life moments. About two years after Lauren's death, they found themselves talking more frequently and more intimately. It was becoming clear that their friendship was blossoming into something much deeper. A few years later, they were married with the spirit of Jeff and Lauren surrounding them. They formed a family with Bobby's two children and brought a daughter of their own into the world soon after. Sarah is an amazing gem in this whole world, and our conversation today comes from a place of love and comes from a place of gratitude and learning how to see joy in the midst of all of it, and it's really a wild thing. We call it the rainbow effect, and we're going to go into it all in this episode, so let's dive in. I want to start today's podcast um, with a little shout out and a pitch um, to Rover. They are not sponsoring this episode, but they might take it back and they might 
throw some money our way sometime. <laughs> but um, Rover is the best place to meet best friends when you're new in a town and you need to find someone to be your friend. <laughs> um, this is a case study on that. <laughs> I met today's guest, my friend Sarah Marcioni, um, in my backyard while tossing a ball around with my dog, Cody, who we wanted to leave in her care. She seemed pretty cool on Rover. Um, turns out I didn't want her to watch my dog ever because we never left the house. And, you know, she was cooler and I just wanted her to be my friend. Um, flash forward, I asked for her digits and got kicked off a Rover because, you know, you're not supposed to fraternize with the, with the helps. <laughs> But, you know, there is nothing in the fine print that said you can't be friends with your Rover person. So, F you, Rover. <laughs> They're probably not going to be sponsors. Now. We're best friends now. So, last laugh. Yeah. Who's laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> but one of the coolest things that me and you bonded over, Sarah, was like not cool at all, right? No. <laughs> And immediately. <laughs> immediately not cool. Yes. And it was. And immediately bonded. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I don't even know how it came up, but we like jumped right into the fact that we've suffered some incredible losses that yeah. really shake you to your core and show you who you are as a human and helped somehow magnetize us together. And it, it's so freaking weird. And now my dog's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, a reenactment of how we first oh, met. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> thank oh. you, Cody, for bringing us together. Yes. Yeah. Pour one out for Cody. Dog. Yeah. Do you remember our meeting at all? I do. So it's funny that it happened with you because I felt like I was out of this phase in my life, but I used to more get this feeling of like, I have to tell everybody the elephants in my room because you won't know me. Or I can't fully connect to you unless I've told you everything about me. All mm-hmm. the like, and that part's been protected for a long time. So I'm not really sure the catalyst of why I felt with you that I needed to like, maybe I just felt instantly that we would have a connection, but I felt like I can't be authentic until you know my shit. Yep. <laughs> and I don't know if it was like we had a first sip of coffee or what, but I was like, by the way, my husband died um, 12 years ago and I'm fully functioning. It's not like I'm not recovering from this, but for some reason you needed to know that information. And I'm for that's just spurred. You're like, well, I see that. And we spent the yeah. whole time just one-upping each other and laughing so hard that people were staring. Yeah, because we're, we're weird. Yeah. That's amazing. You're so right because it did just like come out. And you're also not 85. We need to put that on the record. Like, sure. So you're like. You can I, say 40. Okay, okay. <laughs> we can say it. Okay, cool. Because no, the freaking 40 is fabulous and yeah, awesome no, and I'm you're amazing. It. So no, there we are. That's fine. So you're a young widow then. Like, yes. Not even like a regular widow. Because I was 25 that's awesome. when I was a widow. You just decided to get married too early. Who gets married at 25? Not here anymore. But yeah. I just wanted a lot of life experiences and a lot of trauma. So I'm like, no. It was a good idea. <laughs> I think it worked out well for you. It's going great. So that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I did. I felt like, well, we've talked before a lot, so you don't have to say it. Um, in the beginning, when you have that traumatic event, you want to tell everybody about it, but also people want to talk about it because it's the relevant thing that happened. And I'm talking like it happened yesterday or even a week later while preparations are happening. It's on everybody's mind. And then that's okay to talk about. Yeah. And then we kind of go into this 
shell where people are protecting you and feeling like you're a little bit precious and they don't want to say anything that might set you off or make you cry. And they want to say that that's for you, (laughs) but it's really for them. They don't want to see you cry. Because I know with my friends, they felt so helpless and that made them feel like they couldn't do anything for me. So they were scared to have that moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then... With me, my experience, like after a little while, people weren't talking to me that much about it anymore. Um, And it kind of, you go on with your life as you have to. So it became this kind of a dormant topic. And then I would be in public, like I'd get on the bus and I'd look around and be like, well, everyone can see it clearly. I'm carrying this like dark shadow with me. I should probably tell everybody on the bus <laughs> so that they know we can just clear the air. Yeah, um, ne- never say. did it. <laughs> so that, you're welcome, everybody. Okay. But then that goes away. And then, like I said at the beginning, I feel like to make those authentic connections, sometimes you have to dig under those layers. And then you yeah. realize that we've all been through the shit together. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Like- yeah. I remember, like, when my the first time I experienced death was when my grandma died, and I remember going to Target and being like, we're in Target. And yep. be like, what the fuck are we doing in Target? Mm-hmm. My grandma's dead. I just saw her die. She's dead. Like, yep. she's dead. Yep. Hello. And <laughs> everyone at Target knows. They all know. And that feeling is so real. Like, like, yep. oh, yeah, she's dead. Yep. How are you today? Oh, yeah. she's dead. Like, you just don't. I'm wearing you it. You can't. <laughs> yeah. And you get, like, I, I don't know, my one of my greatest factor I don't even know what that is but like I get really awkward <laughs> Good. so I don't I just make everyone feel like shit like because I'm just like let's just keep saying awkward things <laughs> until I laugh so, so hard and then we just move along yeah that's what we do <laughs> but it's been really helpful I love laughter and I feel like that's been a real golden nugget through all this loss is like learning how to find laughter and nuggets of joy in that shit to be able to move through it and I think we've we've been through like it's what's crazy is that me and you have now been through a loss a stranger's loss which is weird but like we've been through like grieving something together and finding ways to get ourselves through a traumatic experience and how we use humor to be able to do it to protect ourselves Mm -hmm. in a way that we can get through the hard moments and it's a tool that I've found really helpful um I don't know if it's mentally safe, but, you know. Yeah, not. <laughs> so Let's not worry debate, about but it. But, like, you know, when you can, try it out. <laughs> <laughs> laugh it all off. But I wanted to talk on this podcast specifically. You know, we've been prepping a little bit, trying to come up with the best way to deliver this topic about grief because I feel like a lot of people shy away from it, like you're talking yeah. about. It's the elephant in the room. It's mm-hmm. the thing that you're trying to bury down, but you don't know how to move through if it's something you're experiencing. But it's also something that, like, isn't talked about enough and I want to create a resource for when it does happen because everybody's going to die (laughs) and or experience death in the future or well we said loss 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 in general it doesn't always have to be a death yeah and I think that's the relating factor that we all have we all understand what loss is so I might not know your specific loss right specifically like no one well I can't say no one I actually met people that had similar losses to me, you know, you're married at such a young age and it's an you know, unexpected death. But even that, it was still my story right? in my specific terms. But I can relate to you just on the feeling of that helplessness, that solitude, all of that. That's the baseline right. that we all can find a common ground in. As humans. Yeah. And being safe to talk about it and finding the words to talk about and like learning that that's okay to bring up right. 
bring up the person, bring up the situation and be there for people. Like not running away from it. No, and almost the opposite where it's so much more comforting then. Yeah. I'm not alone on the side feeling like I'm the only one going through this. It's healing to me to like have other people's experiences and stories to say, you know, you're not doing this experience alone. We're all the the peaks and the valleys. We're all in them. I know. I know. So many valleys. So many valleys. <laughs> I know. But that's the cool. Like I don't know. It's not cool, but it's the fact of life is that like there is no balance, and there's always this point. I think like Pima Chandra and I read all of her stuff, but like she really prepared me. One of my friends back in the day, like before I experienced any loss, was going through a divorce and was like, hey. Um, I need to tell you about this book. It's changed my life. It's by Pima Chandran. It's called When Things Fall Apart. But, like, I'm reading it like a Bible. It's amazing. You need to read it. And I was like, well, F you. Like, everything's not falling apart in my life. Everything's cool. I'm good. Like, I don't need your thing. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) That is when Morgan Freeman. Hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) Little did she know. Like, the narrator comes chiming in. But I picked up the book then, like, before things fell apart. And it was really helpful for me because I – pulled the book out and I started reading it and there's some great tools in that book itself that teach you about life. Um, Pima Chandran's like this Buddhist monk that um, experienced, like I think it was a breakup too. It wasn't actually like death loss, right. but it was a breakup, which felt very significant to her. And she really went into this whole spiritual journey about figuring out her life after that. But what she was talking about in the book is like that nothing, the world, that's how the world works. Things come together and they fall apart. There's never this balance. Like the way waves come off the shore is they come through, they recede yeah. back out, but there's like this pause in between. And that's where that balance is, but it's so minute. Like it doesn't last mm-hmm. and it's never something we should be striving for. We should more instead be focusing on the journey and the times in between it and using that as your guidepost for experiencing joy and experiencing pain. And le- reading that before all this happened, it really helped me see through some of the shit when it was happening because I knew hey now I know what shit is like you you figured out your worst days you know like you know I think that'll classify (laughs) but then you know that that ebb and flow exists Mm -hmm. so you can say that's going to be the worst but it is going to get better but it's also going to get worse but it's going to get better like yeah and you're right there's a just finding that median line is how you find just grace and peace I think yeah and how you appreciate the moments of good. Because I can actually yeah. even, this year I felt it. I felt it like in the summer. I felt like, wow, like things are good right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh shit, they're going to fall apart. <laughs> like I like knew it. Yeah. Like I was like, but don't be afraid of that. Embrace that. Like instead mm-hmm. of like going into this like here it comes, like <laughs> your yeah. wave is going to crash and you're going to fall and you're going to drown and it's going to be really bad. Like, yeah, I've, we've gone through a lot of bad stuff in the last few months here, but like I knew to appreciate it then and I know that it'll be back, mm-hmm. you know, like and it's, grasping onto those little nuggets along the way to see that even in the really shitty times, there still are some beautiful moments that can occur and you can build them up and grab them in. Yeah. Um, Because I've never been somebody that subscribes to the live every moment as if it's mm -hmm. your last or like appreciate every moment because I have a toddler (laughs) and yesterday I will not get into all the detail but I had a moment where I brought her into the bathroom and literally said I don't know where to start mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not a moment that is my favorite moment that I want to like really like they're yeah. literally shitty moments <laughs> that are gonna happen that you're not gonna love and then that's okay so mm-hmm. I feel like living in that you know every moment for as your last isn't sustainable either no because there's bad ones and it's they're gonna feel bad we're not saying they're not gonna feel bad yeah 
but it's not everything. It's the average of all of them. Yeah, you don't take no single one weighs the most. They're all the same. They're yeah. all they yeah. all weigh. They're all the same. Yeah. I think. Do you remember this? Because you taught me. Uh, you told me to watch Stutz this week mm-hmm. on Netflix. Uh, Life changing. Yes. Also bringing everything back together. Like I put it on Netflix and I took a long walk and it was the greatest way to watch it. Like, but I have to watch it again because there's so many visuals in that right. series that was awesome. Um, but on the walk, like. They're basically talking what Pima Chandran was saying. Um, it's Jonah Hill. He made a documentary about a psychiatrist, and it was like he wanted to like bottle up all the lessons that his psychiatrist was sharing because they're so helpful for getting through anxiety, depression, angst, loss, life. trauma, life, the things. <laughs> yeah. L-I-F-E. Yep. <laughs> Period. Yep. <laughs> and it, there was something that he said in there about – I don't know if this was in the gratitude flow part of it. Do you remember where he was talking about that they always – they're all just things. No, no one weighs more than the other. That could also be the negative X one too. I don't know, but yeah, it's true. Well, what you're saying is it's both sides of it, right? It's the positives yeah. are all equal and the negatives are all yeah. equal. Nothing yeah. weighs more than the other. Right. And you can be just mindful in those moments that this too shall pass. All the things shall pass, or like, just take it for what it is. Or not always pass either, or but whatever. just they're a part of your collection. Oh, yeah. Like, they're a part of your collective story, right? Love this, that. Yeah. And I think, you know, we recently talked about chapters and mm-hmm. how funny that turning a chapter means, are you leaving something? Are you, yep. what happens to that? Are you pulling that? It's it's more of a collection, right, of all of these things. Yeah. And I think that that's with, with grief, you know, we talked about when people finally feel comfortable talking about that loved one with you is on those moments of like an anniversary or something like that and these like little bookmark moments but I feel like it's more helpful when it's organic when it comes up just any time mm-hmm. and that's more you know more of an average of that it's not it doesn't have to be those like specific moments you can carry those stories of grief and laughter and love throughout all of it I want to talk about it, not all the time. I don't need to always talk about my husband that died, you know. But the fact that we're 16 or 17 years out, like, people still bring him up. Yeah. To me, makes that person feel alive again in the moment. I feel his spirit. Um, And I think that people worry about, like I said, you know, in the beginning about touching you and having you cry and everything like that. I have so many tears just built up. I mean, we're probably, but it's like eggs for women, I'm sure. Like you're yeah. built with a certain amount, you're born with a certain amount of tears, right? You're helping me just cleanse. You're helping me get that out. If I cry, that's an okay thing. That's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. I need to do that, you know? And sometimes it's crying out of beauty. How many times have we laughed oh so hard we cried, right? Oh but yeah. that's still the release I need, yeah. you know? And it brings it like I love what you're saying that it like brings them back to you in a way that you might not have been expecting that day. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're married again now, you have a daughter, mm-hmm. like you you have moved on, you've yep. got a new chapter, like yep. you've done those things. Like, but how do you embrace that? Like, because you are who you are because of your life. Well, and what's interesting and unique about our story is that. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. She's girl. like, oh yeah, her eyes look. <laughs> So Jeff was my my late husband, and his best friend in college, his name was Bobby, and Bobby was the best man at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Bobby and Sarah 
meet, become friends, kind of call each other brother and sister. That's the relationship. So that gets weird okay. if you want to bookmark weird. that. And then <laughs> um, Bobby ends up getting married, and he is a retired Marine, but at the time he's um, overseas a lot, and they have two children together. And then tragically, she passes away. So Bobby and Sarah get back together to talk about this now shared, oh, my God, we're young widows, mm-hmm. you know, and young widows for us is like, on the average, it's probably in your 40s is what's considered a young widow. And we were in our 20, he might have been 30, I don't know, whatever it is, it's not supposed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Just like saying that. Um, and then we connected as friends through that. And then start, a couple years went by and we started talking again. And then we're talking over the phone till three o'clock in the morning. And long story short, we end up falling in love too. And so I ended up marrying the best man for my first wedding. I just like to keep it really close to home. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, but that shared experience then, it wasn't what made us get together. But being vulnerable and saying, I see you in this moment. Yeah. And I can relate to some of what you're going through. Um, certainly bonded us in a way. But then what's interesting about our relationship is we both have decided to carry those people with us. Mm-hmm. So um, we talk about Jeff and Lauren. They're mm-hmm. a part of our dialogue. Our children know their names. Um, and they will never really have known them, but they'll know them through us. Right. And it's a safe place and then it's created a way for the families to still connect because I'm very close with Lauren's family we're going there for Christmas in a couple weeks um he's very close with Jeff's mom still we get together with these people all the time and I don't think if we weren't vulnerable and open to carrying the stories with us right I don't know if that would have been possible yeah but now we've formed multiple families off of this love and it continues to grow. Like, yeah. and it, you can watch it. And I love mm-hmm. that about the two of you. When I met both of you, it was like, I think I think Bobby was a little shocked that I could, like, one-up him a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No. He's, like, he's seen some shit, but that's, you know you've really seen shit if he sits down. I know, down and he was like, I'm going to sit down for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was awesome how you guys were able to still, like, very much you can tell that, like, that Jeff and Lauren are very much a part of your life still. Mm-hmm. And it's more than okay to keep talking about it and keep it not this like elephant in the room that you just pack away and that you're just shutting the book forever. Like right. that those chapters are done. We're not going to talk about them again. Like right. this is like an encyclopedia more. <laughs> like I don't yeah. know. Like, we, were, we were trying to come up with a way because I love chapters. I love books. I Every time something happens in my life, I'm like, oh, well, this what makes another interesting part of my story, you know, and I'm like, it, it always feels in my brain as chapters. Mm-hmm. But when I talked to my other friend who lost her husband and she was very taken aback by chapters and really hates the word. And I was like digging into why. Yeah. And I didn't fully understand the fact that like, yes, oh, you're like, most people don't go back and read the chapter before if they really liked it, you know, right, like, yeah. or talk about it. But you need that part of the story to get the full picture of everything. Mm-hmm. But that's where we came up with these like nuggets that you just kind of like build upon or bricks or something that's like building the foundation of your life and what forms you and makes you who you are at mm-hmm. the core. Yeah. And it's awesome to be able to keep talking about it yeah. and building it. So I think in this part of the episode, I want to come up with some tangible ways to help people through yeah. it. Cause um, like even our babysitter just lost her sister this week. Like death is happening constantly. Right. And it's like people 
have come to me asking, what do you do? Like, I've never experienced this kind of death before. Like, where it's a young mom or it's a baby right. who dies. Or, like, something tragic happens. I looked for a Hallmark card that specifically like, said my babysitter's sister yeah. died and I couldn't find it. So I don't know yeah, what to like, do. Yeah, like, what do I say? Yeah. Like, what do I do? How do I show up? So I thought, like, you're an expert. <laughs> Thanks, Kira. Because <laughs> we're not armchair experts. But, yeah, because we'd love to be yeah. experts. <laughs> We know a lot about Do you have any, like, any death experts? <laughs> oh, I think that's a flightless bird and, episode. Uh, oh, there we are. <laughs> uh, um, no, so I I do have some experience in yeah. this. Um, one thing that I received a lot of were plants mm-hmm. and flowers. Flowers for sure. Um, I think people want to give you something shiny and beautiful to clean off some of the really gritty, dirtyness, black yeah. clouds that they see. And that endeavor is so sweet and mm-hmm. well-meant, but plants die, and they die quickly, and flowers mm-hmm. die so fast. So now you are – all you think about is death in this moment, and then for the next following weeks, you have the literal representation of that death happening before as each petal falls. Very yep. po- poetic and yep. profound. Um so I've thought about that for a long time. I carried this one plant, and I'm going to out you out about your plant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I carried my Jeff plant. I my mo- Jeff plant <laughs> lived at more apartments than my cat. My cat oh. lived before the Yes, the Romeo. I think Jack moved, well, because I had the plant oh, before, right. before Romeo. Romeo. So this plant got around, <laughs> and his final resting place is outside. But So I would – I'm plant sure the that the cat – both. Okay. <laughs> I, I told you a lot about grief and death. Yeah, back to the plant. Back to the plant. I don't know what kind of plant it was. And that's the other thing I noticed. Florists will try to, this isn't, I hope no florists get you sued over this. This is not libel, but they okay. try to make a beautiful product for you. And they will bunch a bunch of plants together that aren't supposed to cohabitate. So one will eat off the other plant. So you have this whole thing, right? Yeah. So in this one lasting plant has remained. Mm-hmm. And I've carried, I don't know what it is. I don't know what, if it, what kind of sunlight or food <laughs> or it's not even in like a well, um, you know, with the holes in an aerated plant. I don't know. I'm just, so this poor thing holds. Hold on for dear life, and when I water it every once in a while, a leaf will sprout out every once in a while. So we're saying 15 years. I think I've I've carried a couple leaves around. Yeah, you're, you're carrying this. And why? So I I would say, well, because it's Jeff, right? It's the representation of that moment and all of the love that came my way, and mm-hmm. this guilt of if I kill this thing, I've somehow killed Jeff all over again, which is so irrational. And I finally had to say to myself, um, it's not Jeff. <laughs> Yeah, the, plant. the plant is not him. It doesn't even look like him. Like, he looks he, nothing he like not a plant. Like, like, he, he, was, he was much better looking. Didn't even like plants. I don't even know. Yeah. I, you know so I I let the plant go. And I think that it, what that's what's so hard is yeah. to find something in grief for yourself or for someone else of knowing what's the thing that you're going to carry on forever that's going to always mean something to you, but I can get to you right away but it's not going to overwhelm you, but, you know, and not something you have to take care of because God, you know. Right. And it's not another thing. Another like, thing. Jeff dies and you have all his stuff. Ugh, and you're Which is a, a whole woman. other level like, of having to go through the things. Yeah. What are you going to do? You I, know, we, have, we came up with an answer. <laughs> what is, what's your answer? So to me, 
hearing people talk about Jeff, even to this day, mm-hmm. is what I love the most. Yeah. You know, and what's so unique about having my husband be his best friend is I have stories that predate me. Oh, my gosh. That I learn, that I go, you know, and it's almost like, have you ever dreamt about your loved one after they've been gone? And I'm sure that oh, you yeah. have. And it's like seeing them all over again. Oh, That's what it's like having stories. a new story where you're like, it's like spending five more minutes with them that you didn't have. And that's mm-hmm. what we all want, right? You always say, I wish I had more time. Are so you I, finding out new things still sometimes? Or do you feel like you're getting the same stories? Well, and this is like the psychology of it is so interesting because yeah. as time goes, your memory changes. That True. what you actually remember of something even moments later mm-hmm. isn't necessarily what it happened. Mm-hmm. And that's so fascinating. And they weigh more sometimes with time. Yeah. And I, well, this is another book because clearly I'm a weirdo. Like I just read a lot of books. <laughs> but Joanna Gaines wrote a book. This is your story or the stories, something or whatever. Mm-hmm. The stories you tell. Okay. Um, there we go. <laughs> but in it, it was like how you live in a life experience and that might define you and mm-hmm. be a weight that you're carrying for mm-hmm. so long. But when you actually go back and revisit that experience and where you are today versus six-year-old you or 25-year-old you experiencing this scenario, you're able to like see it for what it did for you. Yep. And that changes the story and you have the power to reframe like, what's happened and what you tell and what you carry forward. And I feel like that's kind of the beauty of what giving stories to people does is it, you didn't know, like even for example with you, like you didn't know Jeff before you met him. I don't know what that was. (laughs) No, that's like obvious. I didn't know him before I met him. You're absolutely right. I'm such a psychic. (laughs) 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 But you didn't. Like you're learning about him as a teenager, as a guy. Like Correct. And it's going to start to reframe some of that life experiences that you've had, like what he was getting into and like what he experienced that might like change him and how you see him a little bit. And it's, he's able to grow in that way too in your brains still a little bit more too. Totally. And connecting with him on a different way because I knew him at that node in his life. Mm -hmm. Like he was previously into some some shit in his family was like thank god you came around because we've been waiting for you he's your problem now Um, (laughs) but so he was at such a pivotal time in his life and so to hear that stuff before it gave me more appreciation also there was some moments where i was like huh didn't didn't quite know that yeah. part, you know. That's that could have been better left in the. Yeah, did I need to? Yeah. <laughs> but being able to tell those stories right away, I think, is so valuable. And so I, I feel like looking back, instead of all those plants and flowers, mm-hmm. if I had been given stories, because. Those people go with your memories and even people, right? So the people that come out of the woodwork at the wake and the funeral, I'm talking like hours and hours. We had detail in Marblehead that Mm. it took us hours for the procession. I don't know who came. I I have no idea who came to all these things. There might have been a book that they they signed. Right, and I don't even know what the book is. I'm not going to sit down and read it by by the fireplace. Yeah. It was the night before Jeff died. It's not – and we all do it. How many of those books have you signed? I know. know. It's locked in a box with the cards. So if I had had a way of getting stories from people that had come Mm -hmm. that I would never know how to connect with them. And I'm one of those lucky ones. Like I said, I'm still in touch with his mom and his sister. But what if you aren't in touch with the people? Right. Those stories are locked and gone forever. Yeah. Yeah. But if there was a way – in grief to then, you know, in that moment while your friend is, you know, your loved one, whatever, 
I'm not saying if you're the one in the deep moment of grief, but I'm right. saying you're my friend. Yeah. And you know a story of like the time that you met Jeff or like yeah. what you're saying with Bobby, like how much you liked sitting down with yeah. him that day when you met him. Yeah. Writing that down and then giving that to me mm-hmm. is such a, like that never goes away. I can dip into that when I want. Yep. And then you have it. And then if it's, if you're writing it down right when you're thinking of it in that most vulnerable moment, that's probably the truest form of that story. That's true too. Because mm-hmm. you're not trying to, piece it all together and how it relates to everything it's just what really is it eloquent enough it doesn't matter you're just writing down that great story from your feelings Mm -hmm. which I think makes such a big difference and I think you make a good point like it doesn't have to be like hey Sarah you're at the funeral here's a letter (laughs) with everything I know about Jeff like read it in front of me and look at me (laughs) or like go sit next to your fireplace and read this tomorrow like it's something that you're giving permission to read whenever you yep. want. It's there. It's saved. It's done. Yep. Like um, another thing that I saw, like I actually just did this today because it was a good reminder that I needed to. Um, my my friend Jacob passed away from a brain tumor, and his wife is making a book through the Force Joy Project that has like a form on their website where you can like collect all the stories from different people, and then they bind it in a book and send it off to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with the deadlines, I kept missing it because I was like, how do I make the, this is the story of Jacob. Like, I got to get it right. I got to get this right. And it's totally that feeling yep. of like, how do I get this right forever and ever and ever? But also, I'm going to do this because he, when we die, if we're not talking about Jacob and sharing these stories, Jacob dies again. Like, yeah. it, it's like the plant for me, it's, I guess. Like, no, if you I don't c- carry on the legacy through these stories... There's nothing there, and you have to make it tangible. Like, it's it's still cool just to tell you about, like, my experience with Jeff or whatever, yeah. but, like, you, if you make it tangible, it can be passed on, and that can give a right. talking point, and it's something that you can revisit mm-hmm. a lot easier than trying to remember that one thing that someone told you one time. Like, yeah. and it's something you can go to when you need it. And I don't need it to be perfect. I don't no. think anybody would sit there. I know the pressure that we put on because it's so emotional. You're seeing yeah. your friend or your loved one in such an emotional moment. And again, goes back to that feeling of like, I don't want to hurt you. Right. And I say to everybody like, oh, you can't do that. Like I hurt in that moment. Like that you, you making me cry is, again, it's not a bad thing. Like you're helping yeah. me release. So just getting it out there in any form. Like, in whatever words you choose, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's probably better if it sounds exactly like you and how you would say it. Right. In your words. Yeah. Even if you can't spell. Like, whatever. Nobody nobody cares. Yeah. It's just, I think that's a beautiful takeaway for, like, the best thing you can do for someone. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also, like, not being afraid to bring them up. Like, we keep saying over and over again. Like, we, we had our house cleaners come in the other day and they're just like, Cody, we miss Cody. And like, he always had a sock in his mouth and like, we'd have to roll him off the bed and oh, well, this is really sucky. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't know you cared. Like, yeah. And it's like actually really cool to like see these people and pets and whatever come back up and be able to have a way to connect with other humans yeah. on a deeper level than just this surface. Hi, how are you? Right, because I think we make each other too <laughs> precious sometimes like yeah. that. And it's not, like like we're saying, if you're open and vulnerable, it's how we fall in love with each other. You and I yeah. have like, this is my shit. And then, oh, I can relate to you. There's a community in that. There's like a communal process in the human experience because no one has all the answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, nope. put that down. Put that just down. I, yeah. And so, but I, what I do know is what I've experienced and then what I've learned through everybody else's experience, you know. What about the rainbow effect? I think mm. we need to have, have a talk about this. This is a that, special one. That was like 
where we came up with. Like, we got to sit down. Yeah. Like, there's a much – we could talk forever, but the rainbow effect. And we, I think it's yeah. why it, it's close to, like, how it allows you and I to sit at that coffee shop first meeting mm-hmm. and laugh so much while we're talking about very deep, dark stuff mm-hmm. that we've been through. So for me, it was um, my Sunday school teacher – I'm probably seven years old, eight years old, something like that. Um, Her husband was a fireman in Rhode Island. And tragically, after um, work one night, he was, he'd stopped to help someone with a flat tire and he was hit by a drunk driver. Um, And I didn't know him very well, but I loved my Sunday school teacher. I looked up to her. Um, Side note, do you know the movie Mystic Pizza? Oh, yeah. She was one of the stylists on that movie. I thought that was really cool. And she had these amazing (laughs) bangles on it, like very 80s. I just thought she was everything. Okay. So, so, but that gives you context to say, like, I just thought I looked up to her right. and anything she did, I thought was so cool. So we went to the funeral um, and then we went to the internment. And as we got to the cemetery, and I can still see this to the site, there was the extended fire trucks with the ladders and the giant um, American flag and a moment that if I had no other context I would think we would need to be morose and sad and Mm -hmm. it was just tragic loss and it was. But at some point, I run into Miss McGowan, and she's sitting on the back of one of the fire trucks with other people around her, and she's got a cigarette because it's the 80s and mm-hmm. you can, and that's cool. Yeah. And she's laughing. Not in a, and in my eight-year-old self, I could tell this wasn't like a disrespectful laugh. This was not – there was something so precious in this laugh. Mm-hmm. And that's carried me through in so many ways. And so I kind of talk about that as what's the rainbow effect. You've turned me into golden moments mm-hmm. and I have my journal and <laughs> I sometimes remember to write yeah, them down. <laughs> but finding those little golden moments in a day mm-hmm. are so important. And I think magnify that then for these deep, dark moments that are these communal things that we all suffer loss. Mm-hmm. Finding the beauty in that or being able to know it's safe to laugh at the funeral. Yeah. And you're not laughing at the funeral. You're physically there and allowing the human experience of emotions because that person was wonderful. There was a lot of beauty. It's okay to be sad for sure, but like to be able to find celebration in those moments as well and mark those, to me, it's like the rainbow that you look for when the the sky's still dark when you're looking for the rainbow. Yeah. The yeah. clouds aren't gone. It's and not like the rainbow just comes. It, you're, and you're in it. right, and you're shaking from it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it probably had thunder and lightning. Mm-hmm. The this, but you can see the sun, mm-hmm. so you know it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. That's in Stutz too, going through the dark right. cloud. Yep. Um, but I always tell my kids, I'm like, let's search for the rainbow. Let's find. I'm so excited to find it because it's this beautiful thing that only happens in that circumstance. You, yeah, you have to hit the bottom. You have to unless hit- you're Kira and us. Rainbow comes out when there's no storm, but that. <laughs> but that told me that was but actually that was the storm. Emotional. For it sure. was like so. We to give you context, like we were just a little girl in our community died, and in her funeral, we were a very big part of helping the community like bring that together. But at her funeral, her parents somehow were able to speak, and mm-hmm. one of the things they said at her funeral is to please look for prisms of rainbow and light that are shining through the trees. That is our daughter. She brought light everywhere. So just be searching for it. And that was the day before this rainbow appears above my house without light, without clouds. But wait, what, what had happened? Your dog. Yeah, so <laughs> the same day, like my dog goes blind after having cancer diagnosis in the beginning of the month. 
we're treating him. Everything seems like it's going to be fine. Um, he starts going through that. But then my daughter's screaming outside that there's a rainbow. And I'm like, it's a cloudy day. There's no rainbows on cloudy days with no storms. We go outside. Sure enough, there's an upside down prism rainbow above my house. Mm -hmm. Um just there. And I knew from being involved with this memorial service, putting together the slideshow and the pictures that the little girl who passed away loved dogs and mm -hmm. didn't have a dog. Mm -hmm. And my dog needed to go to heaven. And mm -hmm. I knew it was his time. And I never felt more at peace and more comfortable like that this was a safe time right. for that to happen. And it just, it, I don't know. It was like a literal rainbow. Effect. It literally <laughs> like, was the rainbow like, effect. <laughs> okay, guys, we got this. Yeah. And then we got COVID, you know, like, that's not, like it's just, you know, but, hey, full circle, shit. the peaks and valleys. <laughs> but I, that to me is what the rainbow effect is, where it's just like finding, it's okay to have those massive moments of peace in, in the scariest moments. And the more we share that with each mm -hmm. other and talk about that, I think the more comfortable the whole process of that unknown becomes. And yeah. You start to look for those. You have to look for a rainbow. rainbow Nobody and, ever just finds a rainbow, right? Don't and you give like yourself you permission it? to celebrate it. Then, yeah, I because that's a biggest part of it too. Give yourself and give yourself as a friend mm -hmm. the permission to celebrate it with your friend. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, we're not precious. So I would much rather you come to me with a rainbowy moment that you remember about that person, because then I get a piece of that too. Right. Then you, you protect right me then. from that. I need that light. I need that full spectrum of color in my life. I do. And that's how I told you I saw Oprah, um, Patrick Swayze's wife was on not oh, long like, after. You saw passed. Oprah? I wish. Holy that's my, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dream. Oprah, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Move over, Dax. <laughs> yeah. Dax who? Michelle Obama. Oh. Hello. 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 Let's just say it. Let's just manifest. I know. <laughs> my room effect is to sit on Oprah's couch. Um, but no, Patrick Swayze's wife was on Oprah when she still had her show. And she had said something that was really poignant for me it was like maybe a year after jeff died i don't know but it was enough time that i was ready to kind of think of things in these terms and she said i just want to live a life that would make patrick proud and that hit me like you know a, a lightning bolt of like that's that's it right that's how i want to be that's how you lift yourself up and not have to live for every moment as if it's your last but just live a life that you'd want to make that person proud and I think that to me like that rainbow effect the idea of celebrating these moments or finding like beauty in the stories that's how you do it and that's how you keep going right you push your train through the tunnel like yeah you can't otherwise what's it all for what are, I, why are we here like what are we a feeling lot. all this crap for <laughs> yeah yeah and I think like we are a standing testament to the fact that there is beauty in sharing your stories. If you're not vulnerable and opening up to somebody about things that you carry that are real in your life that make you who you are as a human, you're missing out on opportunities to actually connect and feel a more fulfilled life that I'm, I think if I hadn't experienced any of this grief, I never would have had that knowledge. And mm -hmm. it's like one of the most golden nuggets of it all is that like I've learned how to laugh and how to connect and how to create some moments out of really crappy things. Mm -hmm. And 
tell you guys about it. And you learn <laughs> some of those moments by going through it, mm-hmm. and you carry those into your next time. But you also learn them from other people. I learned yeah. that from Miss McGowan when I was that young. And, and she then, wasn't teaching you. She, she didn't was say, not, oh, there's Sarah. Let me show her. Uh, <laughs> that it's okay to laugh at my husband's funeral because she's going to need that when she's 25 years old. Right. But I did. Yeah. And there was moments where we laughed with my friends that were these precious, really funny things that happened at the wake and the funeral that if I hadn't had that moment when I was little, I don't know if I would have felt as safe and comfortable, but thank God for them because we needed that levity and it was, it just helped us (laughs) through a really dark time. And those people are still my buds. Like we can Mm -hmm. still laugh and we laugh about all of it very inappropriately (laughs) to this day. And (laughs) I um, want this on the record. When I die, you best be fucking laughing. (laughs) Much, much. Okay, love actually. (sighs) The scene when he doesn't want to do it, but his wife wanted to come out playing to the Bay City Rollers. I I die every time. Mm -hmm. That's my dream. I would much rather us laugh like laugh and see something beautiful in that moment remember me for something great you know mm-hmm. yeah just thinking about that box with my ps i love you book i'm like because like you didn't read That's it because it came I out remember a very bad time. <laughs> no it came out a very bad time for you yeah. uh, but they like had like the irish week kind of thing and mm-hmm. that was when i first saw like that was in high school when i read that book but i was like god i love that like you lose people but that doesn't mean you can't celebrate them right. at any age, whenever it is. And it's really crappy. Like, the, just going through what just happened in our community with a little fifth grader, it's like she didn't live a long enough life to want to celebrate it. But then, actually, we can. You and know? we brought and, a whole town together and had a fair, and they had food trucks and a DJ. And, it, it, and, and again, yeah. I don't know if we, like you and I have been through these moments to appreciate the significance of all that and the bravery of all that, I mm-hmm. guess. But if that was more common, how lovely all this would be. Yeah. Because what it made was a whole town feel like they came together to support a family that I didn't know them before this. And then we taught a whole new generation of children that in your suffering, there is beauty and joy and rainbows and... profound and they might not know they just ran around with their friends some of them aware of the what had occurred but they were all i saw were kids smiling and enjoying the community and what their parent i still can't get over their parents were able to feel that love and that life and connection is still happening because of their daughter Mm -hmm. and it was just really beautiful and that actually like was the rainbow for us too again like it was happening right the day before cody died and it like showed my daughter that we can celebrate death even of somebody and something very very special to us and like we had a celebration for our dog like and it's okay to do that and if you don't like that then too bad (laughs) we do it here but that's an acknowledgement like i'm saying with the patrick swayze's wife about i want to make him proud i think you can also look back and be proud of that person's life and not pretend like that didn't happen or that didn't exist like that's the same joy looking back as carrying everything forward. I love it. Um, was there anything else we had on our list? Uh, what are you going to do with that plant, Kira? Oh, my plant. <laughs> I literally have a plant because I thought the same thing. She's, I didn't, she has a death plant. I have a death plant. And it is somehow living great 
But it's not. It's not very pretty. That's what happened to mine, <laughs> where it was like some days I was like, me, you are alive enough that I feel guilty not releasing you. It looks like I'm not telling you to release it. I'm not telling you plants are bad. But I'm. what I'm saying is, is if Elaine you ever is not that plant. <laughs> Elaine is not the plant. Yep. If you ever felt guilt about getting rid of the plant, 100. put that away. Because... Once you clear out the guilt, and I think this is just true across the board, the guilt of worrying about if you're going to make your friend feel bad, the guilt about am I going to get the right words for Jacob's book. Like Mm -hmm. Once you clear that out and say, nope, I'm just going to like keep living it all, Mm -hmm. you let go of some of that stuff. And if that's the plant, and I did. I brought the plant outside and I was like, live your best life. (laughs) And now the plant is kind of like a weed. And the other day, one of the dogs, because I still do Rover. Oh, okay. (laughs) I have dogs in my house right now. (laughs) Went over and sniffed the area that the plant used to reside in. And I was like, oh yeah. And you know what was funny? Because I looked down and I laughed and I was like, Jeff. And I thought about Jeff. And that's all it is. That's hmm. all it is, is a moment to, like, kind of smile and be like, oh, that's funny. I yeah. love you. I'm not saying anything else. I love you, too. This is my job. <laughs> but I'm going to include some resources at the end that I've found in all of this helpful. So if you are going through grief, you can read it. If you're not going through grief, but you want to be prepared like I was for <laughs> what is to come, you can read that. Um, I'll have some stuff about – there's, like, great books for when you lose a pet that I found and people – and places and things. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you have it, guys. That was such an incredible conversation that I had with Sarah, and I'm just so glad that it's finally put together and shared with you. I wanted to take a second to do a little fact check like they do on Armchair Expert. Now I fully understand why they do that part at the end of the at the end of the podcast. But basically, um, in the middle of this episode, we were talking about the gratitude flow that um, Stutz was talking about in the Netflix series. What we really were talking about is the string of pearls. Basically, Stutz says that each circle or pearl is an action. And since each pearl is a similar size, you can think of each action as having the same value no matter what you do. So that's just like something like as simple as brushing your teeth to deciding to end a relationship. They have the same weight. They have the same value. And um, within that also, he talks about there's a little spot in each and it's like a turd. which is the shit of things. Um, And Jonah Hill inside the episode basically says that he loves to flip this whole analogy over to say that after every turd, there's an opportunity to create a new pearl or that a pearl follows every turd. Basically what he was saying is that a rainbow follows every storm. And that's a much prettier analogy that I want to leave you with today. Get out there, search for those golden moments, share them with us over on Instagram. You can tag us at Frame of Life Project. And as always, if you found something of value within this episode, we'd love for you to share it with a friend. You can also subscribe by hitting the follow button on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a five-star review. That would mean the world to us. Thank you so much for being here and for your time. And we look forward to chatting next time. 